With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Excuse me, Veronica. <clears throat> yes, what is it, Brick? I would like to extend to you an invitation to the pants party. Excuse me? The party, the pants with the pants. Party with pants. Hello and welcome to the Pants Party. I am your host, Harrison Starr, aka Boiler Hawk. Joining me are both Ben and Max this week. Uh, ben, how are you? Uh, I've been better. Yeah. A- and Max, how about you? Same? Look, Iowa lost. The Bears can't disappoint me this week, so I mean, at least that's that's good. Um and my fantasy football team is about to lose to a guy who auto-drafted, has never set his lineup, and has three players on a bye. And we're going to lose to that guy. And I live in Minnesota, so things could be a lot better. Uh, <laughs> God, It snowed here twice already. Oh, yeah, it is really chilly there. My mom <laughs> wouldn't stop sending me pictures. Yeah. I will say, going into the Sunday after having watched Jake Fromm shit the bed, and then Nate Stanley shit the bed, Knowing that Kirk Cousins is quarterbacking my third my third football team, I had really uh, my hangover was exemplified. Knowing that I had three losers at quarterback, <laughs> uh, but Kirk came back and uh, God, that was a hot Vikings performance this morning or this afternoon. And uh, so now you know, God, is that you or me? Hmm? I hate ESPN. Um, oh, I think it was you. Yeah. I didn't hear it at all. It was definitely me. Uh, Autoplay videos can go to hell. So yeah, I've got the Vikings, but you know, Jake Fromm, Nate Stanley, you guys, uh, you guys are mirror images of each other, and uh, I, I don't need that in my life right now. <laughs> well, well, you have it in your life, what? Ben. And, and I guess as we transition <laughs> to talking a little more in depth about the game, maybe uh, it's distilled best by the names both you and Max used to join our chat. Uh, lowercase help. <laughs> Uh, identical. This, hilarious. this was not planned. It, it was allegedly unplanned, and if it was planned, it is hilarious. But I, I trust that you guys uh, simultaneously chose to, uh, you know, just kind of reach into the abyss and, and despair after another really kind of dispiriting Iowa loss. Um, uh, I guess not, <laughs> not much to recap outside of seventeen uh, twelve. Really is that bad all around. Sorry, Max. Is that Scorigami? Uh, Do we know what what is Scorigami? Uh, it's a John Boyce uh, thing that he created, where it's a football score that has never happened before. I'm no, it's got to have happened. There's a few that haven't. We've already had a few, at least in the NFL. We've already had a few NFL games this year with scores that have never happened before. It's an interesting I mean, concept. Seventeen twelve—that is not like the most unbelievable 
combination of points. Eighteen and nine has never happened. Huh. Makes you think. Okay. Anyways. Eighteen's weird. Eighteen is weird. But anyways, I mean I, I guess uh <laughs> <laughs> we say that as if Iowa didn't score eighteen points already once this season. I mean yeah, and it was a weird fucking game. Yeah, it was. I mean there was all those delays as we yeah. talk about the, the Iowa State game, which looks like it might actually be Iowa's best win, uh if we're looking out like seven, eight weeks from now, which is really just kind of a Oh, it was last year. Oh, God. Until a Mississippi State game. Yeah, I don't think that. I mean, even if Iowa runs the table the rest of the season, it, isn't that still their best? No, move? Wisconsin would be. No, Wisconsin. Oh, I forgot. Sorry. Yeah, Wisconsin yeah. is on the schedule. You were not beating Wisconsin. <laughs> nope. Uh, nope. I don't even think Ohio State's going to beat Wisconsin. Wisconsin's good. Uh, the game's at Ohio State. <clears throat> I, I think Wisconsin by twenty. Okay. Well, <laughs> we'll talk offline there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this this preamble really just kind of feels like none of us actually want to talk about the game that we watched last night. And Ben, you again this morning. Um, yep, I rewatched this morning because I couldn't believe my eyes. You, uh, why? I've been up Ugh. since like six. I need to do something. I don't know. Yuck. I know. I'm a monster. It's not even. There's not even like Premier League soccer on this morning to watch. I would, tried to stay in bed as long as I could. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about the game. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want to talk about? Um, so, choice. Harrison, what did you what did you talk about yesterday that we should not talk about? Yeah, I didn't listen to it. So oh yeah. no, that's all right. Uh, so Christine and I, I just kind of vented in. It was a very. I was just very despondent because it's like. We've seen this from the offense time and again, and uh, I guess to recap it as much as anything is Christina really kind of used her experience playing high-level sports, and her her sense is just that there's just a weird chemistry thing going on with the offense, and uh, I guess the the way I framed it was, can either of you guys envision... Nate Stanley coming back in 10 years and giving a sharpen your spear speech like Ricky Stanzi did this week. No. no, but I also just don't think he's that guy anyway. He'll never get invited to Lexi. I mean, he never. He will. Stanley, he's high yeah. up in the record books that he will. But Stanley never, he hasn't won anything and I don't think he's going to win anything. I, it's, there have been plenty of players who have come back that haven't won anything. Quarterbacks like who? Uh, just ever. I mean, Vandenberg's had, not walking through that door. Yeah, but he also like had the worst season in the last 15, 20 years for Iowa. Yeah, I mean, the worst post two thousand season. Um, so, I mean, yeah, you're probably, right. He will be high enough in the record books. He probably will break all those records. Um, yeah, I mean. If he's he's gonna pe- people will look back at the record books and they'll see his name up there. And when he comes back in ten, twenty years, I mean, as an honorary captain, I just don't. I mean, he'll say something. It just won't be the sharpen your spears. That's just very Stanzy. That is Stanzy, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I saw that picture. It was Stanzy, Moyaki, AJ Eads, Tarpinian, and Angerer all tailgating, and it's like. How do those how can how can those guys feel watching this team right I'm now? I'm sure the defenders look What's feel going? great about it. The defense looks amazing. 
They have to. The defense, I, I pulled this up. We can get into this now. Uh, first of all, I was a number five scoring defense. Oh, yeah. We're, we're three and two. Did you know four of the top four of the top five scoring defenses in the country are in the Big Ten? Uh, Penn State. They're number two. Wisconsin's got to be number one. Wisconsin's number one. Four point yeah. eight points a game. <laughs> oh, good lord! Uh, you never guessed pro- number three. It's not a Big Ten team. Uh, it's what is it? Is it even Power Five? In Power Five, yeah. Is it Oregon? Yeah. Yes. Nice job, Max. I've, wow. I, oh, the Ducks are my like my backup team. Interesting. Yeah, uh, Ohio State's four at ten point two, and I was five at, or if I was four, Ohio State's four at eight point eight. Iowa is five at ten point two. It's actually funny. And, I would have guessed all of those in order. Go me! I'm amazing. Uh, you said Penn State first, and you said number two. Well, I said Penn State um, because we just played them. I guess. Uh, yeah, because everybody plays Iowa, and they have a fucking low points total given up. Uh, you, like. What does Phil Parker do? Like, what? How, what are those? What's going through that defense room right now? Like, this team just put out allowed seventeen points to one of the best offenses in the country. Yeah, and then how many did they let up? Ten. Or ten 13? to Michigan. Ten to Michigan to a, a shitty. Uh, Michigan. I mean, Michigan's not good. Yeah, yeah not sh- shitty. Was bad. Um, that that uh, touchdown was on a shortened field too, right? Or did they hold them to a field goal on that fumble? And uh, they held held them to a field goal. Okay. Uh, for Penn State, you talking about uh, yesterday? Yeah, no, I was talking about the Michigan game. Oh, I think maybe it's both field goals. I don't think Penn State's uh, they scored off that. They scored a field goal off that fumble. Yeah. Um, just bad, 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 bad. I feel so bad. And the defense looked even better yesterday than they did against Michigan, against a more potent offense. Uh, yeah. Second quarterback three times is I think AJ Epinesa's possibly is definitely his best game Agreed. of the year. Um, defensive line as a total played great. Uh, everybody played great on defense. You know, I, I think nobody made OJ Moody got turned around once or twice, uh, but nobody had any big gaffes or mental errors. And, no, uh, it just happens, you know, a couple of times you have Nick Neiman or Christian Welch on a wide receiver and that's how it works in Iowa's defense. And they, uh, Penn State converted a couple of third downs that way. Yeah. But, um, Hamler, that touchdown, I mean, it wasn't bad defense. It just. I mean, it's a good play call. Yeah. I mean, you got a linebacker matched up on your best receiver, maybe one of the top three receivers in the Big Ten. Yeah. And Penn State's the number nine scoring offense, averaging 42 points a game. Oh, God. Yeah. And we held them to 17. It's just. We lost. And we lost. I mean. They had. A... Sorry, there was a stat that I saw that, like, in the fourth quarter at some point, and I don't remember exactly when I saw it, so I know that they probably finished with a, better than one of these totals, but they were they had less than 100 rushing yards, less than 100 passing yards, and Iowa was losing. The frustrating thing is we still outgained them by 50 yards in offense total. We had... <laughs> no, you're yeah. lying about no. that. That's not even... No, we we had, we outgained them by fifty yards. Uh, they ran seventy seven plays. We ran seventy three. That's a, they ran a lot of plays, but I guess there's that garbage time drive. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, like we outplayed like uh, every they outrushed us by a hundred by a hundred yards. Um, we outpassed them by one hundred and twenty. I can't do that math. Maybe it's one hundred and fifty. Makes sense. They were behind. Yeah. So we had one more first down than them, twenty to twenty one. Um, 
penalties. This is the first time I've ever been an Iowa fan where we were getting calls. A lot of them. <sighs> that they should Honestly, have lost by more. Like a lot. Like a lot, a lot, a lot of calls. They, they should have I'm lost like, by more because that was a touchdown. That one uh, the tight end caught. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was definitely a touchdown. Like, God, I can't. I'm trying to find. Yeah, they were penalized eight times for 80 yards. We were once for five. Yeah. And that was an illegal formation, right? On a yeah. play that it's actually, actually it's was kind of a, it's kind of, it kind of was a crucial uh, penalty for yeah. us, but still, uh, I was offense. I mean, if you're just looking at all the stats besides the score, rushing yards could have been down. Are obviously a little concerning, seventy-seven net. Um, but I just don't know what to do, man. I don't know how you fix anything. No, like. It's the, I mean, Stanley, he's played generally fine. Um, Harrison and I talked about it last week. His spin outs when he feels pressure are kind of infuriating, but like he hasn't really made any super egregious passes that you're like, why would you throw that? Um, maybe, maybe like one or two, but I mean, he's been pretty, he's been good. He, he was much better than he was against Michigan. Yeah. I mean, he's been, he's been good. Um, the running backs have not been good, but that's mostly because Iowa got absolutely no push against Penn State on the line. And there are a couple of big plays. I think that uh, Torrin Young had a good play. And I think that there was a really good screen pass to uh, Sargent. It was, high. it was almost overthrown. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, really close to being overthrown. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a good call at the time. It was our only successful screen pass of the day. Yeah, and I don't think Goodson had a very good game. I just, but I also just don't think that he was really set up for success by the fact that the line didn't get any push at all. And he's, you know, he should not. I don't care if it's too much of a telegraph. He should not be be blocking. I agree. He just shouldn't. Like I don't care yeah. if you take him out. He just should not be blocking at all. I think he's gotten better at that though. But he's still not. Yeah, as good and he'll get better. Right. Or or young. Or probably Ivory Kelly Martin. Like he's just eighteen years old. He can't he's just can't be blocking these guys. He can juke them. He's just and, too small too, and I don't know if he's ever gonna be like a you know, a good blocker per se. He might be average at some point. He's just not there yet. And that's fine. No. I don't I'm not, not upset there, about him not being there yet. He's eighteen years old, he's a freshman, a true freshman. Like he'll let right. it come. It'll come. Um but the receivers generally fine. I thought this I, right, I thought they kind of had their best game of the season. At, uh, is that weird to say? No, no, they not were, at all. They were fine. They they were good. Like I'm not like I don't have anything really to critique them on. Uh, tight end, it was okay. I mean, a couple of we game. got we got some production out of the position. He did have that one penalty, that one yeah. crucial penalty. But you know, hey, it does happen, I guess. It was Weeding's best game. Yeah. He was targeted for the two-point conversion, and I actually do think that kind of might have been pass interference, but it wasn't a great play call to begin with. Um, the line was just awful. The interior, I mean, yeah, we can talk about it now. Yeah. The the interior offensive line. The tackles actually, like, Alar Jackson played really well. I rewound and wa- rewatched a lot of the times where the – the, where the defense, where the offensive line just totally and completely collapsed, and I think Worfs gave up a sack, uh, but Alar Jackson really held his own. Otherwise, you know, the center Tyler Linderbaum, then whoever we had shuffling in at guards, Landon Paulson eventually got pulled. 
I don't even know who went in for him at right guard. Do you uh, guys know? I think it was Ince. I thought Kellenberg was. Uh, Cody Eintz or Ince. Yeah, oh, Ince. Yeah. That, that would have been it. I think Kellenberger stayed in the whole game. Yeah, he? he was just playing guard today. Or not today, yesterday, I guess. Yesterday. They had him at guard, right? Yeah, and normally he, he had been playing. Center? Uh, no, he had been playing tackle. Oh, that's right, right, right. Right? right? Yeah, Kellenberger. He'd been the uh, left tackle. Or I guess. Okay, right yeah, tackle with Werfs on the with left. With Werfs at yeah. left. Yeah. I mean, the inside of the interior line just continuously got blown up. And it wasn't even – it's really – I forget who said it. I saw somewhere that somebody might, like put up a screenshot or like a gif of one of them getting just absolutely destroyed. And they're immediately looking for blitzers. They're all immediately – you know, trying to go, look outwards. You're right. Everything. They were not worried about the guys lined up on their nose. No. They were worried about the guys. They're all worried about ass. the blitz. And if I'm anybody, if I'm any defensive coordinator coming up against Iowa in the next six weeks, I'm exploiting the hell out of that. I'm going to blitz early and then back off in the offensive line based off of what I've seen so far. They'll look for the blitz continuously. Like they just weren't. I mean, they, it's really bad, <laughs> and I don't know. There's like nothing you can do. Yeah, if you don't have the guys, you don't yeah. have the guys. You go to war with the yep. army you have. Um, this, this is as bad of an offensive line I've seen at Iowa since 2012, when two fifths of it was hurt. Hurt. Oh um, that's just that. Uh, that's just so hard for me to believe. Like, I mean, yeah. To. to Going into this year, yeah. we, I mean, the offensive line and the defensive line are our two biggest strengths, right? They're supposed yeah. to be. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what we were resting our hat on, was how good. I mean, I was prepared to say, I was prepared to say it would be like the, the best offensive line of the Ferentz era. Right, like we. Or maybe not the Ferentz era of my Iowa fandom lifetime, which is the last 10 years. Yeah, I mean, we talked about this at the beginning of the year, and when I was down on Iowa, you guys kept pushing the offensive line. Like, you know, two bookend tackles, two first-round, second-round tackles. And, yeah, no, and I don't disagree, and they've been playing well. Or, I mean, Jackson's been hurt, but he's played pretty su- – he was really rusty against Michigan, but he was good against Penn State this week. Worfs has been solid as hell. You know, it's – it's just not a strength right now, and I don't really know what the cause of that is. Are they just not practicing well? Like, are they just is undisciplined? It, like, how much of it is Tim Polasek, the offensive line coach? I, it's hard to say. Like, you know, yeah, exactly. You could be a, a mastermind offensive line coach, and maybe these guys are just like, you know, it's like with Fran and like the basketball team. You know, maybe Fran's not a, you know, defensive mastermind, but. This team, the basketball team, just doesn't play defense. Like maybe these guys just, you know, can't can't like put it together, and it's you know, like you know what I'm saying though. Like, well, yeah, and I think maybe these guys just can't get if it. If we're gonna put it in that frame, I mean, aren't we down two or three interior linemen? Like, I mean, between uh, shot, Tyler I mean, shot. he was a walk on back up, back up, but yeah, exactly um, between him and uh, why can't I think of the Banwart. Yeah, Banwart. I mean, I think if you have one of those two, are are we looking at this a little bit differently? Although, like, Kallenberger is supposed to be, you know, the tackle of the future. So you you would yeah. think he would be fine. And 
I don't really. You think he'd be a good guard? I, I texted you guys. I honestly thought, not that Banner's been playing bad. I honestly thought Kallenberger would be an upgrade going into the game. I thought I thought Kallenberger, like it was like you just said, is offensive line yeah. in the future. <laughs> yeah, he's he just uh, he's got a couple inches and twenty pounds on Banwart. Uh and no, 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 it was not an upgrade. I mean, maybe he's just you know he played tackle in high school, right? He must yeah. have. I'm sure he was left I mean, tackle in college. Yeah, because he was just getting beat interior on the interior all, you know, not all game, but he was pretty regular. And Penn State wasn't stunting. They were stunting, but they weren't doing anything super creative or unique. It was just bull rushing. Yeah. Absolutely and, blowing their noses up. Yeah, and I mean, maybe he's just, you know, used to playing tackle. Maybe he's been practicing his tackle, and then this week they just kind of threw him into the fire at guard, you know. Maybe he just wasn't, you know, necessarily prepared for it. I don't know. You know, I don't know if this is like a personnel thing. I don't know if this is a coaching thing, but it's infuriating just because this is uh, every single year. This is Iowa's supposed strength. Yeah. And, and I think what frustrates me is Iowa did very little to try and throw Penn State off the scent. They just really just let them peel their ears back and go get the quarterback or go get the running back. To me, what I was constantly hoping for was, hey, can we snap it on two? Can can we do that once? Because oh, yeah. Penn State had yeah. three or four plays where if you throw a hard count at them, you're going to get five yards. They were flinching all over the place. Yeah. And right. yeah, it's right. just you have to take some of this to your advantage. Like you, you – when you're developing a game plan, you can't just be like, let's just pretend like this is going to happen on a neutral yeah, field where everything is equal because it felt like that was a little bit of what happened with Michigan last week. They, hey, it was a silent count. They had to do it. You live with it because that's just, you can't go on to in a, an environment like that. But you're at home. You can go on to once make them think about it. Yeah. And then like you mentioned the screen pass, Ben, like there was two screen passes by my count. The, if we're counting that to the wide, wide receivers, they're just conceding. They're wasted, wasted down. Oh yeah. Harrison and I texted about this one really quickly before I texted in our little group chat. I texted Harrison and I was angry. I was in, I was fuming about that one there's third and 20 and they called a screen no protection like no blockers out in front so dumb to brand to i think brandon smith who isn't the fastest guy either yeah i think it was to smith and no he's not i mean he's not slow he's no uh, but i think between regani and smith marset he's probably the slowest yeah i'd probably guess that too but yeah no i was just like what's what's the point here what are you doing it's a one yard loss. Maybe they, you know, broke even on it. But it's like, what? What kind of play call is this? What are and we they, trying to go for? And they played the and they did, did the exact same play with to Smith Marset. Yeah, uh, less crucial down, but still. And I think he got a few yards, but it's just because he's shifty as hell, right? No, I think he only got one or two, but yeah, just so dumb, so so dumb. And then, yeah, I only counted four screen passes total, and then we had. One to Makai that got blown up, and then the one that went for a first down to Makai, and it was almost, you know, overthrown. Um, Nate played, I think, you know, a lot better than he did against Michigan, obviously. There's only one pass, I think, where he, 
you know, the, the slant to Smith, if it was in the end zone, if it was on the inside, that's a touchdown. That was horrific. That was pretty bad. I just don't think Iowa quarterbacks don't win games and they have to throw 40 times a game. No. And I mean, this, this is the first time in a, you know, a handful of years that we can say that we probably have the wide receiver personnel right now to win games if we have to throw it. Yeah. Uh, I just don't know if we have the interior offensive line to do that. But shouldn't right you be now. able to? Like, I mean, I guess that's my counter is like, if you have the wide receivers, isn't this the perfect time to deploy like the quick passing and just like zoop, zoop, zoop? And sure, but they don't. But but isn't that how you should counter it? Like, if you're getting beat consistently up yeah. front. Make them think about it. Make you know the linebackers play the width of the field. May uh, exploit the middle when you can. Like uh, it just, I get that Iowa's interior of the line yeah. sucks right now, but they they have Iowa rarely gets four and five star talent on defense, and they don't on offense either. But I was able to construct a defense that's consistently in the top, I don't know, 15 to 25 scoring. I mean, it's not like I'm asking for a top 15 to 25 scoring offense, but a top 35 to 40 scoring offense pretty consistently. That's something I would top like. Top 50. What are we right now? What, right now, they've got to be low. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, I was scored. I, I mean, you're counting, well, I guess there aren't any defensive, but like, I think they've put up what? 45 points, 15 points in conference. We are the number 94. We are the number 94 scoring the offense yeah. in the country. 15. At, at 24.8 points 18, a game. That's 30. Right. Sandwich in between UNLV and Liberty. Yeah. Oh, my God. Q freeze. You know, you know who's number, you, you know who's number 90? Nebraska. <laughs> that, that, I wish I could Fuck feel a lot better about that, Ben. Thanks. You know who's – we're going to keep doing the 78? Purdue. Uh, 58s Michigan after putting up after Michigan State. We might be ahead of Michigan State, but Michigan State is 98. Okay, cool. We're ahead of Michigan. We are four spots ahead of them. Raise the roof. 10 teams below us Michigan State, Northwestern's got to be. Nope. Rutgers, Rutgers is number one thirty out of one thirty. Yeah, that's not surprising. They've gotten shut out in like three games. <laughs> oh my six, god! So we are the twelfth worst offense in the Big Ten. Uh, I'm peeling back the curtain on what's going for overreaction Monday. Already posted as of the time this will post, but it's about the offense and their inability to score. What? What? Mm, okay. No. no. Uh, I'm yeah, you're right. If we just have top fifty offense, top sixty, or just consistent, (laughs) like I I wrote this stat, yeah, and it's pretty crazy. If Iowa scored exactly twenty four points in each conference game the last two and a half seasons, I guess they would be thirteen six and two, not accounting for any defensive scores. Instead, they're ten and eleven. God, who are the two ties? Uh, I think it was, I mean, it was the Ohio State game was one. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, I can't remember the other tie, but I mean, 
it's just th- this Phil Parker 2017 and 2018 scored like five to seven touchdowns, especially when you include LeVar Woods fake plays. And it's just, that's what Iowa needs to subsidize their offense is scoring on defense. And that was basically my prediction for this game was the only way I was going to win was if they scored on defense and they couldn't. And you could tell some guys were forcing it a little bit. To me, Smith Marset forced it on that um, kickoff return. He's like, hell, offense isn't going to score. I might as well return it from eight yards deep, see if I can do anything. Ah, it's just so frustrating. And the, there feels like there should be more counters than what we're seeing. And, and I think that's just why we're all frustrated. It's just you. It's predictable. We have to be worried about Phil Parker leaving, right? No. I, Why? We say this. You, you said this last year. I don't think this he's going to leave. But this year, or I know we did say last year, and he did take a job interview at an SEC school for just to be defensive coordinator. Um, but this year seems profoundly different, just because of the 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 the, the opportunities and the offensive weapons and. Phil is going to be, I mean, Brian's just, it doesn't matter. I think Brian's going to be the next head coach and it sucks. And Phil doesn't, doesn't want to be stuck with that. I don't think he leaves. Is yet. there, I think I know one job he would take and it might just be one, the Michigan state head coaching job. Hmm. Yeah. Damn. I don't know. Damn. And he'd kick the shit out of us. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, God. buddy. Yeah, buddy. If Phil Parker went up against this Iowa Hawkeyes team as a head coach, this dude knows everything. <laughs> I mean, he's been with he's been with Iowa for how long, man? Twenty one years. He's been with Iowa for fucking one hundred years. He's fifty six years old, so he's not. I mean, he's old, but he's not. He's not old, old. Yeah. Oh. If we played a Phil Parker team that was he was the head coach of or even the defensive coordinator of, they would beat us fifty to zero. Um I was watching game day yesterday and they were talking about how LSU totally changed the makeup of its offense. They brought in a fixer uh six games in to change the offense. I can't remember the guy's name, and I don't even know John if he's Taffer. off the coordinator. John Taffer. <laughs> okay. Um, God, it took me a second there. Uh, can I would do that? Can I would bring in a fixer? Would they? No. No. That's there. You go. They could. They literally you can, you can do it, but I I highly they doubt can. they would. They won't. I'm nervous. Unless things we run the table, I think we have to run the table. That we just we just see some attrition between Lavar Woods and Phil Parker and maybe some other guys on this team. If, I don't think so. I just think if, if Brian Ferentz is not canned, I don't think he'll be canned. No. There's no way he'll he's canned. I don't think there's any coaching attrition. Uh, at least <laughs> from the sense of uh, people leaving of their own accord. Maybe somebody gets canned, and I'm not advocating for it right now, 
Um, other than maybe, you know, baby fairness, who definitely won't get canned. Um, but so, I mean, I don't think anybody just leaves. I think that this is a very, this is a coaching staff that's very loyal to Ferentz in the way that Iowa football works is that nobody ever really leaves. Are we sure that the they're last time somebody... loyal, though? Like, I mean, I trust that they are because that's the kind of guys that they go after, but right. they, the tenure of them is yeah. not as high as staffs in the past, at least in terms of being on no. on staff. And, I mean, maybe like a, like a Polisak who was a, you know, who was an offensive coordinator, right? Yeah. Or we see the uh, Paul Tech was the offensive coordinator at NDSU. Yeah. And that's about like as exotic. But like maybe maybe yeah. him or like a Copeland who's been around for like two years does, but like the guys that we're really worried about, like a Seth Wallace or a LeVar Woods, I don't think they're going anywhere. They brought in Joe Brady from New Orleans. We talk about LSU. So he just went down the road. He was a wide receivers coach with the Saints. Let's just go down the road to Iowa State. Kansas City. Honestly. Can we just put in Patrick Mahomes? God, pulling up who I don't care. Oh my God. Um, you're right. Let's go down the road to Kansas City, find a GA. Anybody. Anybody associated with that offense. I I mean, honestly, like, I know that you guys are going to laugh at this because their offense is abysmal, but, like, even just go down the road to Chicago. Nagy can run an offense. He can't with the oh. because the offensive personnel sucks, but. Never did I think I'd be on the coaching staff of the Kansas City Chiefs website. Here we are. <laughs> no, I think uh, while, while you do that, I, I, I was emailing <laughs> Stoops. And his one take was like, and it's akin to yours where, hey, is there a fixer? And I think I kind of agree with his take of if Iowa is looking to be as good as they can this year, and we know they're not because they just don't operate this way, but they would move Brian Ferentz to offensive line, Ken O'Keefe, to offensive coordinator, and Polisek would probably be gone. Fine by me. But, I mean, that's never going to happen. That's just not going to happen. Boys, 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 do you know who the quarterback's coach is for the Kansas City Chiefs? Yeah, actually, I do know this. And once you say it, I'll know it, but I can't think of the name right now. Mike Kafka. Oh, yeah. baby. Oh, baby. Yep. Northwestern's <laughs> finest. Greg Lewis. He looks old. Greg Lewis, a uh, guy who was a wide receiver for the Eagles uh, forever. Okay. You guys think that uh, Mark Helfrich would go back to college football? Not to Iowa. <sighs> Not to Iowa. Meanwhile, meanwhile, we're doing all this, and Minnesota is ahead of us in the Big Ten West. It's 6-0 for the first time in school history. I don't know if they're actually good, but it's just one of those weird seasons. It's like that. I don't I'm not actually good Wait, either. Wait, they're 6-0 yeah, for the first like, time in school history? That seems impossible. First time in uh, – uh, maybe it's of the uh, FBS. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah, okay, probably. Because okay. they went undefeated at some point. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, no, they won, two, they won a bunch of national championships in the 50s. Shout out uh, the 50s. Yeah. Um, and 
I don't know. It's got to be working for PJ Fleck. Uh, they dominated Nebraska. Also, I think Nebraska would lose to like Wisconsin, Milwaukee. Um, they are really bad. <laughs> I watched a lot of that game. Do you too. think that they would beat Iowa? Minnesota? Yeah. No, 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 yes. no, 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 no. Nebraska? No. Nebraska. Nebraska would not beat Iowa. I think Minnesota, yes, absolutely, without question. We are in, in danger. The only thing that I don't, that makes me, uh, gives me optimism playing Minnesota is I, their quarterback is not very good at all. He's a worse Shea Patterson. Oh, that's good. That sounds really bad. How are they 6-0? They really good defense, really good running game. Mm. Oh, so they're Iowa. Or what Iowa? Well, they're, 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 they're two-thirds of Iowa's one-third. Ah. Wait. Or one-third of Iowa's two-thirds? Uh, I don't know. Well. What? I don't know. I, I think we've turned ourselves <laughs> into a pretzel. A pretzel. Uh, so, a pretzel. Uh, I think this is a good time to take a break. And after that, we will revisit our preseason expectations. Ba-da-dum. Points, points, points. Do you want to score points? Don't come to Iowa. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Ba-da-dum. And we're back. Uh, <laughs> what a stupid thing that we do. So, so Max, <laughs> I, I have to say, uh, this is really just uh, your time to shine right here. Um, you're the one who had the low, lowest preseason expectations of us three, and and. I think let's let's give you that, I'm so that time to uh, gloat a little bit, even though you bought in like the rest of us after the four and yeah. start. Yeah, I will say that like an idiot, I saw victories against Rutgers and Middle Tennessee State University, and was like, "Wow, you know what? Maybe this Iowa team's offense is for real." Because we at the beginning of the season, if you go back and you listen to any of our old podcasts, I believed in the defense as anybody that's smart would because it's an Iowa defense, but I did not believe in this offense. Um, yeah. And then I bought in like an idiot to over victories to over Rutgers, the 130th out of 130th scoring offense Rutgers. But yeah, I was right. The Hawkeyes are who we thought they were. Uh, and we let them off the hook. So if you want to crown them, crown their asses. We did leave them off the hook. Uh, we're not, we're not today. Yeah, I think what's frustrating about it, because when I go back and think about what I expected preseason, I was like, Big Ten division title or bust. I don't care how it happens. I don't care what it takes, but that's what I want. And yeah, ultimately, like that's that's not off the table. Like, I mean, they got the win I didn't think they would against Iowa State. I think it is off the table. I mean, you you think Wisconsin's going to steamroll Ohio State, and if they do, then 
I will be incredibly impressed with both your prediction and Wisconsin doing that. But I mean, if Iowa does, Iowa can still win out, have a win over Wisconsin, Wisconsin loses to Ohio State or someone weird like Minnesota, although that's probably not going to happen. Um, and Iowa somehow would be in the Big Ten title game, and we would all look back on our October 13th podcast and be like, wow, what a bunch of idiots we were for buying into two bad offensive performances against two pretty good defenses. But <laughs> I got to say, my optimism for that is about as low as possible. Like, I mean, even though it's still a chance to, to me, it just nine and three would feel so empty. And, and I think that's just where we are with Iowa football is just these seasons feeling empty because there's no really true incentive for the guys on staff to do any better. The biggest incentive is that seven win threshold. And Iowa looks, they're halfway there through half the season. But, uh, I mean, they could still lose to Northwestern or Purdue. God help us. I'm going to go to both of those games, too. Cause oh, no. Yeah, we're, I'm, I'll be at the Purdue game. I won't be the at the pro- actual game. I'll just be in Iowa City. Oh. The, pro- the problem with 9-3, and three, I think, Harrison is they can go to a bowl game and potentially get a pick up a 10th win, which will polish the turd on the season. Um, looking back on it, because you'll just see a 10 win season and you'll forget all the missed opportunity. Um, yeah. 10 and three is a good season. Nine and three is a good season, but like this team, there's some of its parts are so much greater. Yes, exactly. Like this last year's team will have, will have had four, first round draft picks on it at least um this year's team is gonna have two maybe three um at least one right i don't know anymore i, I, I think that people will see worse in jackson and they'll see how incredible they were if they decide to declare after this season i mean epinesa for yeah. sure i mean he's consistently oh, yeah, top, forgot, yeah he's consistently considered a top i don't know Three or four defensive ends. I mean, he's in that two to three range. It was his best game. It was without question his best game of the year against Penn State, and maybe of his career. You'd have to go back and look. I'd have to go back and look at what other shit he did. But I mean, it probably was the best game of his career. I don't know. Has he played anybody as good as Penn State and done as much as he did? Again, he was last year against Penn State. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What he did against Mississippi State, I think, was really pretty good too. He hasn't. And I think it was it, – it's crazy to, like, blame the defense on what's happened, but I, uh, they haven't forced any turnovers, really. They they had that one interception against Shea Patterson, which, if you look back, it, yeah. that almost felt like I was best chance to score a touchdown was on yeah. that return. He immediately knelt. Uh, but they haven't done anything other than that um, the last two games, and that really has to change. And I think – Epines is the guy who was getting his hand on on the football, and he just hasn't done that yet this year. But it's hard to blame the defense. Like I, I know that they gave up ten of like we're not giving them 19 any third down conversions, but 
It's bend, don't break. Iowa consistently allows opponents to do something like that. Like, yeah, you know, that's just something that the, uh, that's a hallmark of the Iowa defense is when they play good teams. Like, you can drive on them all you want, and then they just stiffen up. Yeah, like it's at the end of the day with the with both. I mean, as cliche as it sounds, at the end of the day, it's about points and how many points you give up, how many points you get. And Iowa's defense not giving up a lot of points. No, you're right. I mean, I, 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 I'm just trying to come at it from a few different angles because I think it's real easy to lay dirt on the offense, and I've certainly done my share. But yeah, I mean, it's it. It really is. It feels disingenuous to make that point that it's oh, it's the defense's fault. Right, and. <laughs> <laughs> didn't I mean Kirk didn't outright say it last week, but didn't he straight up say that if they had allowed zero points to Michigan, they would have won? Basically, and and I think I saw a headline from Hoss. He's like, "Hey, Chauncey Golson says the defense has one answer, and they could uh, not give up any points." And I don't know how tongue in cheek uh, our friend Chauncey was in that, but it's kind of sucked <laughs> to be on that defense. It really does. Yeah. It's thankless. It's thankless, thankless work. Uh, Chad actually wrote something earlier today, and I was like, damn. Uh, yes, he wrote, um, there's only one way to prove that this is a football, good football team. They need to win out. He's he is, right. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I agree. Yeah, no, it's just that we, we, you know, we've criticized him previously on this podcast for, you know, for being a little bit of that cheerleader. You know, like yeah. he's I think he's probably the most PR friendly Iowa writer that there is right now. I think they're all PR and friendly at this point. They all are. Yeah. I mean, they all are. But like Chad is, I think, the probably the most, you know, I agree, yeah. least likely to criticize the Iowa organization as a whole. Uh, you know, for better or for worse, he writes some really good pieces. He gets really good access because probably because of that. But, you know, he's I mean, even he's like they need to win out. Hey, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I I think, like, thinking about how I've been looking at this season from just, like, a narrative standpoint, and I I mean, I totally agree. And and I think it just – it starts with the offense. The offense has to score more points. They do, and and they're going to have a good chance against Purdue because Purdue's scoring defense, I mean, it's not good by any means. I would imagine it's probably in the bottom – 25 to 30. But if you do against them, then I mean, it's, it's going to be tough. And Brahms had, I was number on offense the last two years. So I'm, yeah, uh, I just, it's just, it's just what we've seen before. And I think that's why everyone is so frustrated about it. Yeah, um, Purdue has allowed just under 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 twenty four points just once, um, and that was this past week against Maryland. That's a good stat, Max. Yeah, I just looked it up on their website. They've only allowed. I mean, in both of their wins, twenty four points and fourteen points. Everything else, they've allowed at least thirty, including against. Ugh, pardon me, um, Nevada. Yeah, I fell asleep during that game. 
I thought Purdue had that in the <laughs> bag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, their scoring average is 29.8 points, 89th in the country. So I guess bottom 40 is where that would put them more or yeah. less. Uh, so uh, I guess just kind of going through the list I had, we, we kind of touched on what we think fixes it. And at this point, it kind of feels yep. like nothing, right? Nothing. Discipline. Execution. <laughs> okay, Kirk. I know. I know. But at the same time, though, like, yes. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, I think if, if we're going to point to it from the offense, because, like, it's an interesting line to tell with Brian because he undoubtedly has better plays than Greg Davis has shown or showed during his time at Iowa. But like, I thought he called a decent game. But he doesn't. They never necessarily feel a part of like a cohesive game plan. Yeah, and I think when yeah Davis for sure, uh, you know, like it was boring as hell but like it was all part of the plan and i think you look at kind of the last two games some of the stuff we thought we liked um in the in those games i mean to me what sticks out is amir smith marset um getting him with some jet sweep action we saw a fair amount of that i would say within the first eh, i guess we saw it four times in the first four games, once against Michigan for a loss of one, and zero times against Penn State. But I think the the broader discussion of that specifically is I don't remember him going in motion once, even faking that action, making the defense think. And Ben, I know you, you rewatched it. Was that something that, that you noticed at all? Uh, there was actually some decent movement from the wide receivers pre-snap. I don't know about play action or audibleing and everything, but um, is that what you're asking me? Yeah, I mean, just making the defense think in terms of jet sweep action. In my recollection is that they didn't really run that once. No, no, they didn't. They did not. Um, But... I mean, that's not why we lost. No, 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 no. I mean, yeah. Uh, sorry. Uh, I mean, I think that the point really here is is that the offensive play calling is relatively uninspired when it needs to be more inspired. And, I mean, the execution hasn't been good, but it's a little bit on both. Yeah. Right? Yeah, because, like, I, I think about, like, the – Going back to Michigan, I think about, well, what would would you consider go-routes inspired? And I think that kind of goes both ways, right? I I think he thought he had an advantage he could exploit, so he tried it multiple times, and it didn't necessarily work, although it did when it wasn't to Tyrone Tracy. So you kind of keep going to that well. And we did see some of those go routes again. Smith-Marset had a great one. Um, Smith, of course, on that touchdown. I mean, my God, what a play that was. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, that worry. But it just, it, 
they feel like plays being yeah. called and not a game plan being executed. And I think that's kind of what it comes down to with your point about this is that fine line of, mm-hmm. is it the coach's fault they're not executing or is it the player's fault they're not executing? And I think you look to some plays and it's pretty clear, hey, that slant, that was a bad pass and that needs to be thrown and caught. But some of it is just like, it's not, it's not making to use what you used before. It's not making the sum of the plays greater than what they actually are. It's making them less because you're just kind of have to defend the guy in front of you as a defense instead of think. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. yeah, I have anything to add. Everything sucks. Well, that's why I had one last thing on this list. Thanks. Well, no, I have. Is there any reason for optimism? Do do we think that? Do do we talk about next week? Yeah, the defense. Defense is the reason for optimism. But I mean, it sucks. We had it last year. Nothing changed. Yeah, this defense is amazing. So no, no, it's not. (laughs) All right. Well, I guess to, to to answer my own question. Do you have any reason for optimism? (laughs) <laughs> I, I mean <laughs> oh, I just think I was going to say this defense I, fucks I just think the talent at some point has to matter and like and I guess the reason for optimism is Iowa has more talent yeah. out wide well, I mean, and yeah. with Tyler Goodson and at tackle than they've had in a while uh, to me that just has to matter at some point. That's why I'm optimistic. I think Nika Regani has really turned into a safety blanket the last couple of games. That's a reason for optimism for me. Um, yeah. well, how about a well, we can though? shelve that, but I think when he's playing offense, <laughs> it wasn't good. Okay. There you go. We talked about it for the fourth out of five games. Yeah. But yeah he's a, he's become, he's become the new uh, Riley and McCarron uh, Vandenberg type. Uh, what's the other dude? Why can't I think of it? Nick Easley. Easley? Thank you. Yeah. I think that's the reason for optimism, but I don't know. Like it, it feels, it just. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for saying what we're all thinking. Uh, classic. That is the, that is the offense. Brian Ferentz actually brought from the Patriots. Not, <laughs> not the, anything else. The stocky white uh, slot receiver. Yes. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> Find the lie. No, 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 no. I mean, uh, true. Yep, correct. Yeah, the the offense that Brian Ferentz was last in uh, eight years ago. Yeah, that's that's where he takes his inspiration because I take my inspiration from what mm-hmm. I was doing in 2011. That's for sure. Um, I don't know, but like, I just I'm trying to go out on a high note here. <laughs> Um, I guess that's ultimately where I'm at. We play Purdue at homecoming. That's the high note. You know what? That's reason for optimism. Next weekend is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm going to have a good time. The Big Ten West is reason for optimism. Uh, uh, Also true. I mean, yeah. Yeah. It's honestly a joke. Huh? Well, actually, maybe not. I was going to say the Big Ten West is honestly a joke. It might be better this year than it has been in a while. Just because Wisconsin's the best they've ever been. 
Well, yeah, I mean, they have no competition, I don't think, because they're amazing. Um, Minnesota's better than they have been. I don't think they're, they're that great, but they're better. Yeah, Minnesota's better than they ever Iowa's have been. Iowa's Iowa. Iowa's Iowa. You're right. This is the best it's ever been because there's a third team that's pushing Iowa for second place. Hey, hey, <laughs> yeah. uh, Iowa hasn't come in second place in a long time. In the okay, hey, buddy. <laughs> Calm down. Oh, shit. God damn it. You're right. That sucks. Everything sucks. Well, I guess they were second place last year, tied for second with Wisconsin and Purdue. So technically fourth because they lost to both of those teams. Oh, yeah. I forgot about Northwestern. Uh, tied for third with Purdue in 2017, and because they lost their fourth uh, 2016. Hey, guess what? I thought you were trying I, to end on a high note. No, I know, but I just... Uh, I guess you that's hate, it. You hate yourself. I get it. I know. I know. A self-loathing Iowa fan returns uh, to as the prodigal son returning home. Anyways, I guess any anything else for for you guys to add other than we love the defense as usual. I love uh, Keith Duncan. Yeah, I do too. Even though he had a miss, um, the long snapper always puts out good snaps. Quentin Rat setter, hell of a holder. Hell of a holder, yeah. great holder, elite. Glad we can find a place for him on the team. Um, I miss you, Akram Wadley. I saw him and Scott Dockerman do no mentions, and it warmed my heart. Would Akram Wadley change this team? I just miss him. Okay. Well, I guess that's it. We can go ahead and... Shout out uh, James Vandenberg. Ah, uh, second James Vandenberg re- reference uh, this podcast. Uh, drink. Forgot that was my thing for a little while. Don't worry, guys. It'll be back. I guess on on that note, uh, go Hawks. We'll see you in Iowa City. Yeah, I guess I'll be there. I won't be able to watch the next three games, so (laughs) (laughs) we'll we'll talk later.